0: Ladies and gentlemen, to the X on season three, episode two. I'm your host, Alejandro, with me is Curly Man.
1: Paul, oh, hey everybody, how's it going? How you doing, Paul? Doing all right. Um, I, I seem to believe that we've been invaded by someone, though. Um, it, I don't, I just don't feel alone here yeah, uh, not anymore. Yeah, you know- I'm
0: excited for that because uh, today we have a very special guest, my friend Sebastian from the single player podcast. How are you doing, Sebastian? Man, my power level is above
2: 9,000 today. I'm so excited to be here on this show. I, you know, like, whenever you sent the invitation, I kid you not, I was just like, I had to pause the game and then just guitar riffed in the middle of my living room. I'm so hyped to be here. Thank you <laughs> yeah. for having me.
0: No, I'm excited for you to be here. Just for, like, context, like, because I've mentioned it a couple times, like, late last year and, and in the first episode uh, for this year, like, I was a guest spot in, on your show, like, mm-hmm. after around the time that I reviewed Evil West, and I remember when I was in your show, I was like, that was so exciting. I would love to have you in the show. And here we are. And I was like, let's start a year strong. Like in episode two, we got a guest. We haven't had a guest in a year. We had our friend what? Zach. Stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The last time we had a guest was in October 2021 for um, a long Metroid Dread discussion that okay. we thought it was going to be more contentious than it actually was. Remember that, Paul?
1: <laughs> that was a, that was a time though. that was a three episode saga between all of our different episodes, because we had a issue with consolidation and yeah. it would always <laughs> come around a Metroid Dread during that like week or two week period for those three episodes. And my goodness, was that a time?
0: Yeah, oh, it feels it, like a million years ago, especially after 2022. That felt like ten years in one that a year that wouldn't end. <laughs> but I it was, was good yeah for games like we talk with game of the year so real quick uh sebastian if you have them like in the top of your mind what was your 10 favorite games of last year just like quick
2: <laughs> okay just, like, okay yeah <laughs> so um just spoiler alert for the the podcast this week where i'm unveiling the single player experience um mm-hmm. top 10 games of the year it's you know we, it's a, like you said it was a stacked year in video games but i felt like uh the indies sort of carried a lot of 2022 yes. you know it, the, it was kind of indie heavy more so than it was triple a heavy but my top 10 games were in descending order were beacon pines marvel snap um jack move which is a, a another indie cult of the lamb um Prodeus, vampire, Survivor, yeah, vampire survivors rogue legacy 2 mm-hmm. elden ring there you go Elden Ring, Horizon Forbidden West, then God of War, Ragnarok. High five, brother! Yes.
0: Just pass and put Elden Ring as number one, and God of War as number two.
2: <laughs> I, I, <yep. laughs>
1: I just, I had to give it because of the the highs of Elden Ring for me hit so high that I haven't felt since like my early days playing Legend of Zelda that even though God of War Ragnarok was like a more consistent meal mm-hmm. I, I, it's like I almost had to give it to it at a default but it was such a battle for me between the two that uh it it really messed with me but also I have this weird bias where the more time I play a game usually the more positive it sits in my heart mm-hmm. and uh, because I played about two whole freaking months of Elden Ring it's <laughs> just kind of eat Get out on that one, but I it's a fully valid admitting. Uh, this top three this year has been that was stacked or last year now,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. When it came to like the big games, like even though they were spread apart, they were really good. It's just I wish there were more throughout the year.
2: Amen. <clears throat> you, you said right. top three, what was the number three for you?
0: Mine was Horizon, okay. Paul was well, Witcher. Oh, okay. The, the, the next gen <laughs> version,
2: specifically,
1: um, for its quality of life and added. Quests and add dialogue,
0: all that stuff. I only played like an hour of it, so I didn't like (laughs) list it anywhere because I was just been I had just been playing Kirby, which you told me to play, Sebastian. And the Forgotten Lands, yeah, Mm -hmm. Forgotten Lands was so good. It was Mm -hmm. like so damn good. I was like, I'm thankful he told me about it in the episode because when you're traveling, you use the Switch a lot. So yeah,
2: yeah, it it is really good. I um I think to me, this Kirby game is probably the Breath of the Wild version of Kirby, like, where it feels like the next big step in Kirby's mm-hmm. iteration. Like, I don't foresee the mainline... This should be the mainline Kirby game going forward, and all of them, uh, the all the wild. other games should be, like, the side pieces, so to speak.
0: Yeah, especially, like, hearkening back to that, like, level uh, level based platformer that mm-hmm. reminds me of, like, something like 3D World and um, and what was the other? And Crash Bandicoot. Mm-hmm. With the little secrets that you like, poke around, and just the bundle of joy that is the visuals the soundtrack and all that I I have recommended Paul like you need to play this one whenever you can for the Switch.
1: I, I even own it for because uh, Sebastian, I bought it for my wife, who I try to get into more games, whether or not, whatever they are, as long as it works on her, because I really want to get her into it. Um, unfortunately, she hasn't touched it quite yet, because <laughs> it takes a lot of effort <laughs> and energy for her to play any video game whatsoever. Um, I can barely get her out of Pokemon, yep. so, but <laughs> all about
0: that Pokemon. I'm going
2: to I'm going to get her eventually. <laughs>
0: I'll say I'm proud that none of us have Pokemon for good reason. <laughs> Neither Arceus or Understandable. the later one.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I, I um, yeah, I, I think Pokemon, I, you know, surprisingly enough, I think this is the best Pokemon game. And uh, by this, I mean like Pokemon Violent and Scarlet that we've mm-hmm. seen in the last like probably ten years, even with the technical performances.
0: Mm-hmm. That's why everyone tells me it's like, mm-hmm. even though from the outside like, the technical performances are like so dire, it's like at its core, it's like the dream Pokemon that I'm like. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. Gonna wait until I hear that all the the things have been cleaned up. But because I've been wanting that console like evolution for Pokemon, this felt like the halfway point. But it was fun to me. Some of the glitches that we saw were like legendary. But,
1: Justifiable um... judgments for sure. But <laughs> like you said, uh, having played Scarlet for quite a little bit before I dropped it like a bad habit, um, it was fun. It was really fun. I have to give it its props for that. Yes.
0: So enough of the preamble for that, because today is a very special episode where we're going to list about what we could say it's the most exciting games for us for the year to come. And most of us is just what we know for just half a year. But before we start, there's a reminder. This is the X Bottom Podcast, our gaming podcast that posts every Thursdays from 2 p.m. onwards. God willing, available in the YouTube channel Escape Gaming, as well as most audio services around the world. Apple Podcasts, Spotify and the like. You can find the links in the RSS feed at anchor.fm slash escape-gaming. If you enjoy our show, give us a like and subscribe. So usually in the show, this is where we will talk about uh, what we've been playing and then we'll talk about news. We ain't doing that right now because we're gonna talk about our most exciting games for 2023, which is looking insane. The last year that I remember being this insane was probably 2017. If I like just in how much is just packed from the beginning. 2022 looked like that initially. Then when you look at it, it was like it seemed like way, but it didn't turn out. But this feels like constant meal, like a constant buffet that at least just until June is going gonna to be so fed. So each one of us have like I, I told everyone, yeah, get your 10 ready from 10 to 1. And then we're going to be like reading uh, from bottom to top, like what are our most anticipated games are. And like uh, the episodes that I do with Pulp when we do most anticipated or even game of the year. If there's a game that overlaps and we have it like a different spot, that's when we're going to talk about without revealing where we put it, where we put it. So Sebastian, you're a guest here. So you're going to be the number one. Tell us what is your 10th most anticipated game of 2023?
2: Well, thank you for giving me the the first, I guess you could say, sword to fall on, so to speak. (laughs) My number 10 game um, is a little indie called Have a Nice Death. Have a nice death. Okay. Yeah. Have a nice death. It's an indie game that was um, revealed. Um, it was in the latest um, indie indie showcase from Nintendo. It's mm-hmm. right now. It's in. Um, it's out for PC, but it'll be out for Switch later this year. Mm-hmm. Have a nice death. Kind of looks like a mixture between Hades and. Ooh. Just speaking my language you know. yeah it kind of looks like a little it gives me hades vibes with the art style but it has sort of a mixture between that and some of the other good metrovania games that we've mm-hmm. played over the last couple of years and i i kind of really like that um aspect about it and then it kind of reminds me so much of um you know, some of the other games that I really enjoyed. What was the game with the bird um, and the sword? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, uh, death's, death's door. door, death's door. Thank mm-hmm. you. It reminds me so much of death's door with the like the Gothic art style and then some of the the movements. so it's kind of a fusion between rogue legacy and death's door. And I, I'm all there for it.
1: Kind of getting death's a lot door. of vibes from yeah. uh, Hollow Knight with better movement from this one as well. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm vibing with it. I like it. Good choice.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So, Paul, what is your number 10?
1: My number 10 in some weird just goes to show how great this year is going to be is my uh, my 10th is Destiny 2 Lightfall. Awesome. All the way down at the bottom for me, it used to be so much higher. And then as I realized more and more things were coming out, uh, that just got bumped further and further. And unfortunately, that is due to the. Uh, heavy limitations of the way Destiny 2 has been kind of treating us lately, mm-hmm. as Alejandro and I have discussed at length many times. Um, at first, the campaign for the Witch Queen was fantastic last year. Mm-hmm. It, it blew everyone away by adding a Legendary mode, really giving us a lot of hearkening back to the difficulty and intensity of co-op Halo uh, Legendary uh, playthroughs. And this was the first time we got that. Unfortunately, everything since that release has been very lackluster. A lot of um, in comparison. Yeah. In comparison. Yes, you're absolutely right, because it was probably okay for what it was in the past, but because the campaign was so good at a high note on the start of all this, it just kind of went down from there. And now I have really no desire to play the game, even though they're going to add some good stuff, apparently. Um, And just. Once again, goes to show what we've got stacked lined up for
0: us this year. But that's it for me. I hate how similar we are. That's my number 10. also. Ah, <laughs> 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 no, like, for real. I was like, I couldn't believe it, like, baby. In our top ten, we put our number nine. Also without knowing that yep. was so far that that was so funny. But yeah, like um, it's funny because when we did this episode, Paul, last year, uh, Destiny 2, which one was my mo- number two most anticipated? So yeah, like, I don't
1: even remember what mine was, but it was. Yeah, your,
0: yours was an honorable mention because you had just returned to Destiny. So I'm like, I'm That's I'm excited for Lightfall, like specifically because of the campaign, which compared to Witch Queen last year, I was excited for Destiny 2 overall. Just thinking how that that year was going to go. And it was just like a really great campaign. And then the rest of the live service stuff was where it got a little iffy, but such is the strength of that campaign that I I can also agree that just if it's just as close, as, it, as, it, uh, as as Witch Queen was And with this new one that's coming especially with the new aesthetic that's like cyberpunkian with the stra- I don't know have you seen the trailer Sebastian
2: yeah the I Lightful. saw the trailer I haven't I, I'm gonna be frank with y'all I haven't played Destiny since its launch like frankly don't
1: don't even worry about it yeah it's it's a whole thing and we're in a weird specific niche that we got back into that this one up here uh i got him in get back in after like seven years or something and then i got kind of suckered
0: into a cult so that's (laughs) where i'm at now yeah our climb chaotic you can always join there we reach your you through all the high level content but um But yeah, like um, if the campaign is just as good, especially with how cool the aesthetic looks with the new like grappling hook, which is the strand ability, uh, the vibe, which I'm such a sucker for Thor Ragnarok, and it feels like they're taking cues from that. I'm like, at least from a campaign perspective, I have high hopes because I know that now they tease us we can do. We used to be the shooter guys back when we were in Halo. We were the best campaigns. We can still do that. So. That's why I also have it at number 10. It would be higher if this year wouldn't be so damn uh, damn exact. yeah. Yeah, so, Sebastian, you're number nine. My number nine is another indie
2: game, and this one's from Devolver Digital. It is mm. Gunbrella. We Gunbrella. Do not have, yeah, we okay. do not have a release date for this one yet. It's coming out for Switch and um, PC. Gunbrella is like a noir punk action-adventure game kind of set in a... Um, a weird mixture between like the Wild West and kind of mm-hmm. like a noir punk setting, and it, it's like you're a cowboy and you have like the penguin's like gun umbrella, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you, and it just it's a side scroller action adventure, and it just looks like a ton of fun. Plus, Devolver Digital doesn't miss; like they put out something and it's a banger, pretty much yeah, every like, single um, time.
0: I mean, Cult of the Lamb was from them last year. Yeah, was such a movement.
2: Yeah, I'm I played like, it.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> man, you should. <laughs>
2: You should. Devolver Digital, though, like, um, when it comes to, like, indie games, though, they put out banger after banger. Return to Monkey Island was was pretty good. Um, they had one skate story. Wait, they story. published that one? Yeah, they published um, Return to Monkey Island. Huh. And then um, Wizard, um, Wizard with a, a Gun is another one that's coming soon. I, um, skate Story, um, Stick It to the Stickman is another one. But yeah, they, they put out some really cool and unique indie games. And I, I always look forward to what they have to offer. And Gunbrella looks like it's just going to be one of those like high action, fast paced, like small scale, like um, side scrollers. And I, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, I hope we get a release date for that and that it comes out at a quiet time of the year because if it releases <laughs> in the middle of all of that, no way we play it. Like April's mm-hmm. looking slightly quiet. Maybe they could put it out there. There's only I, like I,
2: I would I'd recommend like, <laughs> like that July, August kind of time frame, you know, that I feel like it, all, the only thing around that, I think is what's um, close to Starfield time and maybe. Maybe? Starfield
0: could be even earlier. Yeah. Because they announced today when we're recording that they're doing like a showcase for a couple Xbox games. Mm-hmm. And they specifically mentioned we're also preparing a Starfield presentation. Mm-hmm. And that was like in that um, E3 like timetable when they were like, all the games that we're talking about here, they're going to be out 12 months. before in the next 12 months before we do another showcase. So it could be even earlier. It's going to yeah. be pandemonium, <laughs> I tell you. Paul, number nine. Or yeah.
1: number nine for me was oh gosh i scrolled up and was an idiot uh diablo 4 awesome for me yeah um i am such a newcomer to the series uh you were able to convince me to get diablo 3 mm-hmm. whatever edition that they had deluxe eternal whatever edition. eternal there it is almost <laughs> called an extended edition oh <laughs> gosh like i'm watching a lord of the rings movie yeah so um I really like the the gameplay loop, but then it was also kind of an issue where the quality of life issues weren't really there for me because I, I'm such a stickler, I feel, for quality of life lately, where if I have to really step back a decade or two without the help of nostalgia, it really uh, pumps the brakes on me sometimes. So I'm really hoping for all of that stuff. The overworld exploration looked really cool. The customization, the just hey, pick a whole bunch of different classes and have fun with it. And it reminds me of my days playing Borderlands 2. So really want to try that out. I really want to see what that's going to be like. And hopefully it can be one of my mainstays where I'm just, I've got 10 minutes. Let me go through some Diablo 4 yeah. or something. Diablo uh, but, 4,
0: so Diablo yeah. 4 is also in my list. Is it in yours, uh, Sebastian?
2: No, no, so far. Like, I, neither one of your <laughs> games are in my list yet. Good, good. we got <laughs> yeah, plenty we got variety. of variety. Well, that's yes. what I love.
0: When, when there's like a... It doesn't seem like we all like think the same. Like that's sometimes like me and Paul, we sometimes are the same and then just slightly uh, variate at certain points. Like Diablo Four is also on my list, just not at number nine. I'm way more excited for that one, specifically for being like the original looter. Like it's yes, sure. big. Borderlands and Destiny were like the looters that really got me in, and then when we got Reaper of Souls in 2014, that was like my gateway into trying Diablo because I didn't have a PC at the time and also screw PC. And uh <laughs> Like you're just like back then when you're like young and you're like oh yeah you have to like spend how much money to like have like a really cool pc like no screw that i'm console console gamer for life and uh, seeing like especially the presentation they did for diablo at last year's like xbox showcase that they showed so much of it like how great it looks like just how expensive they have made all the systems and then being like the original guys i'm like hmm if they nail this especially if they managed to launch this year and they don't have Error 37 nightmare like Diablo 2 back in 2012, which was, that was like legendary, like botch launch and no auction houses. That's going to be like if they launch again with an auction house, this is going to be hell to pay. <laughs> literal.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, Because that's like an entire real time marketing system, isn't it?
0: Yeah, they removed it. It was like for an entire okay. year, you could like get loot and sell it for real life money.
1: And oh, that was my like gosh.
0: The, and that was like devaluing the loot game. And oh, on top of that, it was like many people are getting rich just selling their like your in-game currency. It was like NFTs before NFTs were a thing, <laughs> so which goodness, is crazy. But right. it. I hope they nail it. And especially we got a release date June 6th. So mm-hmm. halfway through the halfway through a year, that's going to be like a big, nice game for the summer. And it's a very, very busy summer. Seriously. So my number nine, Paul and Sebastian, Paul, you're going to crucify me for this. Mm. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Oh,
1: my goodness. Yeah. Fake fan. It's Fake a, fan. Yeah, let <laughs> <ago. laughs>
0: To be fair, if we flashback a year ago. Yeah. Oh, I remember. It was a honorable know. mention. Even though I knew uh-huh. it was like, it, it had the 2022 year, I put it as honorable mention. Because to me, like, um, I enjoy Breath of the Wild, but I also th- think it's just wildly overrated. Especially now that we have had many people are like this is the greatest game of all time oh, especially no. like IGN recently doing it and i'm like it's one of the greatest open world games ever but best game of all time screw you no i'm not going to reward a game that like your weapons break every 5 hits and i don't know because oh, I i've get, been replaying I'll give you it you
1: that's absolutely cuz yeah, um and- I'm, I'm giving you a hard time about it, but I know, all of the stuff that you're saying you're... <laughs> is super valid because I've also harped on a lot of the issues of it as well. Um, but I gotta I gotta cause fake drama for the fun of I it. Know. You know, clip I know love the title <laughs> and everything.
2: Uh yeah. but yeah, continue.
0: But I watched I see the applause, Sebastian. I think we were in slightly agreement. Oh yeah, there. yeah.
2: I, I I'm right there with you. I don't I don't think Breath of the Wild is one of the greatest games of all time, for me personally speaking. Mm-hmm. I am big on nar- narrative, like in narrative in video games. Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild is is if Breath of the Wild was a movie, it, it would be bare, like just yep. bare. There's nothing there. There's nothing of substance, and really, there's like very little to actually motivate you to do task after task after task. Mm-hmm. And you know, I get it. They they say, hey, like you know, we want you to have freedom, but freedom can also be a, like Elden Ring show that you can have you know somewhat of a story there and still have that that level of freedom. Yeah,
0: there's more yeah. of a drive with the Elden Ring, and that's why like mm-hmm. I'm so curious, especially like. I'm I'm a big Zelda fan for life. Like, I love Ocarina of Time. Wind Waker is like my all time favorite. I haven't have a soft spot for Twilight Princess. Skyward Sword can screw itself. (laughs) Uh, But uh, but yeah, like Breath of the Wild, I I feel like it was a great game, just not a great it was a terrible Zelda game Mm -hmm. in what I like about. Zelda, like, I remember the stories of Zelda games like so well, even me, like even just replaying Ocarina of Time here here and there in Nintendo Switch Online that that story is like so ingrained in my mind how memorable it is that I'm like, Breath of the Wild doesn't even come close to what I love about Zelda. But it revolutionized how you think of open world games. Like, Elden Ring def- absolutely was like took the inspirations from Zelda. I'm really curious now how this Zelda is going to go in a post-Elden Ring world. Like, will people enjoy going back to an open world where your weapons break all the time? Where when, you, when it rains, you can't even climb? Where you have to like be eating? Where you have a limited stamina meter? Like, Elden Ring was like, here's how have the great Zelda open world Without all the BS from Zelda. I no, wonder I, if they're
2: I'm curious. Um my thing about Zelda is like if if Zelda like Tears of the Kingdom is just Breath of the Wild 2, I better hear the same conversations that I heard about God of War Ragnarok. Because everyone Absolutely. just yes. said this is just more God of War, War Horizon.
0: Or yeah, Rise they, they got in, her yeah. unfairly maligned also. So yeah.
2: I'm like, I need to hear that narrative because if it's just more of the same, I'm like, don't switch it up because this is a Nintendo franchise and mm-hmm. because this is Zelda. And I'm like, y'all stuck to your guns when it came to voting Elden Ring above God of War just because God of War felt quote unquote more of the same. More I need seen. to mm-hmm. see that energy here when Zelda, if Zelda feels more of the same to to basically to you know, Breath of the Wild, so to speak. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And nice. uh I Accurate. can't wait to see, like, maybe Nintendo could be the one that shocks mm-hmm. us. I don't want to, like, discount them. And to me, like, I always say, like, even not being the biggest fan of Breath of the Wild, like, that's still my favorite game of the Switch. Like, mm-hmm. AAA, that's what's crazy. And um, and more importantly, like, I want to see um, if it actually runs on the Switch, like, six <laughs> yeah. years later. Because there'll be, like, many, like, hints of, like, hmm, this is looking extra spicier. It's like, is it because of a new system that... Now we know it's going to be the Switch 2 based on like some digital foundry findings that happened like Mm -hmm. late last year, early into this year. So that's going to be, we could probably see gaming hypocrisy happening here based on how like how much it evolves and how that game is received based Mm -hmm. on a lot of conversation we've seen. But yeah. So yeah, I, I'm of- going to
1: have to go ahead and say my piece if uh, if you're finished up yeah. now because yeah, um, te- of course the Tears of the Kingdom is in my top 10 somewhere mm-hmm. um, it is I not as know high as,
0: honestly it's not as high as you probably think
1: really um, okay
0: that's a surprise because I was expecting uh, it, it to be at the very top
1: <laughs> it is not at the very top because um of everything else that's coming out this year. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, if it had come out last year for Sebastian, uh, it was my top anticipated game mm-hmm. of that year and of course it got pushed out of it really disappointed me and kind of made me cool off uh, with an extra year to think about breath of the wild compared to everything else that we've now been getting mm-hmm. and then elden ring coming in and changing the complete game mm-hmm. about open world exploration <clears throat> um and it's absolutely valid everything that alejandro and you said because uh the story was practically non-existent we need a lot more of that we need some of calamity the- has better
0: story He has the story I want out of it.
1: Um, And what was I going to say? Also, the gameplay changes at this point. Even a company that was more afraid of the changes of the times like say we get a different developer making something like Breath of the Wild 2 would see Elden Ring would immediately pivot into whatever else after that point. They would try to update whatever they were doing. Nintendo is not the people that are going to do something like that. So what they've locked in at this point is going to be the way it is, which means that we're probably going to be taking a step back tech-wise, mechanics-wise, gameplay-wise for things that we've already seen done better. So all of that stuff made me really drop down my excitement level of it and almost made me a little apprehensive and afraid because Legend of Zelda is one of my favorite series, despite having played barely half of them, honestly, <laughs> uh, because Nintendo won't make them available to play on modern consoles. Yeah, by the and- way, like
0: did I tell <laughs> you know the story, Sebastian, that me and Paul, like, we heard the rumors that Wind Waker and Twilight Princess were going to mm-hmm. be revealed at our direct and we woke up at like 6 a.m. to watch that damn thing only no. to not get them like that. like we, It ruined my day it literally i I kept like texting him all day i was like i'm grumpy like coffee's not helping i wanted that energy
2: man that's messed up yeah yeah. it
1: uh we were really hype about that despite the fact that we got gameplay and a title reveal of tears of the kingdom it just did not help either of us and we were sour because Mm -hmm. we could not get our wind waker and twilight princess Mm -hmm. so uh maybe that's us being uh pretentious about it uh (laughs) spoiled fans of nintendo games but anyway yeah so that's really most of my piece but at the same time this the reason why elden ring hit so much for me is because i love that style of game that has like that really good uh diegetic exploration where you could just see something and be like that looks cool and then you're rewarded for the time you take to go over that way and try to figure it out. And I still have so few games that give me that kind of feeling that I could just waste eight hours walking around this weird region, and be like, that looks kind of cool. Let's let's go check that out. Um, and I just I hope I get more of that. I hope the gameplay is enough and I hope they added a lot more story. Um, but that was it for me now. And Dungeons, uh, let's just throw it out. We need those yeah. Dungeons back, not just shrines
0: or Divine Beasts. Sebastian, so that's now I think
2: it's you, back to you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're number eight.
2: I mean, we can keep talking about Zelda Tears of the Kingdom because it's number 8 for me. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> it's number yes. 8. Hey, awesome. all
2: there right. You know. Reasonable yeah. minds. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, for everything y'all said about Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, like I it's still one of my most anticipated mm-hmm. games because I not only Zelda was like my first Breath of the Wild was my first Zelda game of all time. Whoa, like, wow, was, that was
0: your first?
2: Interesting, yeah, because like I, um, I was one of those people who I had a Game Boy, I had a GameCube, and I did not like the direction Nintendo was taking with the Wii and the Wii U, mm-hmm. so I skipped both of those generations completely. And I didn't even, and the DS didn't entice me enough to, to jump into there. Those so the all just sp-
0: sucked over in the DS, so you think, oh, DS. really? So I'm like, I don't know about all that, and uh, and what tracks was one tracks
1: slapped, uh, then like the boat one, whatever that was. Uh, I don't even remember, though, but it, yep. it doesn't matter. It says everything. <laughs> yeah, I borrowed it so, from my brother.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I I was like, I almost was like fasting from Nintendo for the for almost like a decade, it it mm-hmm. seems. So whenever I got the Switch because I was enticed with playing my games on the go, I knew I had to play the game everyone was talking about. So Zelda, this was my first ever Zelda game. And I loved a lot of what Zelda Breath of the Wild had to offer, but I didn't love the game as much as a lot of a lot of other people did. I was missing some of that narrative. Um, that narrative, I guess you could say, pull Thrive. to mm-hmm. basically, yeah, to kind of like go on to the next thing and the next thing, and the next thing. and. I'll be real with you it was like I still I liked Breath of the Wild in 2017 but like I thought other games were prettier I liked some of the gameplay elements of other things I was tired of having to like manage my swords and manage my weapons all the time it so that playing Zelda Breath of the Wild in 2017 with everyone and with how everyone raved about it, I was almost that Black Panther moment of like, whenever Michael B. Jordan's character, Killmonger was just standing over um, Black Panther and saying, this is your king, right? So this is your king, like, that's what it felt like to me. But I still loved, liked what I played enough of it to want to play a sequel.
0: And that's the thing, like, even though like I had a negative, like it, it felt more negative when I put it at nine. I'm st- this is like 10 most anticipated mm-hmm. games. There's still a lot of good that I want to see because to me, Zelda is so special as mm-hmm. a series. So the world stops for Zelda for me. And I just want it to be like, you got you nailed some things, please bring back some Zelda stuff from like the previous ones. Mm-hmm. Make it like the complete package and just make the weapons so damn durable, please. Like, I don't want them to break like glass, at least do like Dark Souls. Or even like all the souls games before elden ring where you could even go repair them i'd be okay with that they just have to make them like all glassy so i
1: think in the end the biggest problem was that it the issue with the weapons was so heavily tied to why you needed to constantly be go looking for things. That was like the only thing you could really gain out of it because you didn't even get money that often in mm. that game, I feel. Mm. It was always different weapons mm-hmm. that you had to like keep rotating through like a roulette wheel. And even the fact that the highest level shield is the shield from the main all of the rest of the games is still breakable mm-hmm. for a stupidly high amount of money and that the master sword can also break and has to like be on a 10 minute cooldown or something is just like unacceptable nowadays mm-hmm. like you gotta at least give us a little something even if it's like less damage or whatever it is but yeah so all these valid points
0: all these valid points still yeah. we're excited for it but it's just like we, we are not we're not looking for it as the sequel to the greatest game of all time because it simply isn't and it grinds me to my gears when I see it like at the top. I'm like, nope, 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 can't do that. Paul, was your number eight?
1: <laughs> my number eight was Armored Core 6. Ah, oh, shoot. That's this year. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. OK, so anyway, <clears throat> um, out of some weird hole that i fell into as a kid um i've talked to alejandro about this i had terrible taste in video games growing up because i had no way of knowing which ones were good which ones were bad i'd look at the cover and it was like hey is that attached to something i know let's buy the robotech ps2 game let's buy uh what were the other dumb license games that we all Gundam. played together yeah, yeah Gundam, awesome. Gundam. all the other stuff oh man but uh i never touched armored core uh i was a real ace combat kid myself but then at the same time uh i just never really got a chance to play any of the armored core games by the time i realized that that was a good series and now having seen the one for for one seen that trailer which absolutely Mm -hmm. busted and i was amazing by itself but then uh going back and watching gameplay of what the old games were like um and them guaranteeing hey guys it's not going to be like from softwares games now it's like it's armored core it's a very different style of game and uh seeing just how that worked with the different weapons the different traversal methods and how you can really customize your mech and i was like so i, I mean like i grew up watching All the Robotech, the Transformers, and then getting really into Gundam later on. So the fact that I haven't touched one of the best mech game series in the world is uh, a travesty. And I am ecstatic that I get to play a modern version of that uh, this year. So that's my eight.
2: Awesome. And my, You know, that one feels like the one big game that feels delayable, so to speak.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can give it that... um, uh, this is really that blue sky period
2: for me where i just
1: say hey if it comes out this is what i'm anticipating but then there's also that other category that's like there's a sliding scale of like how likely it is to actually come out but if yeah. it was that would be yeah, there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that, that's why i kind of put some of these in that's why breath of the wild 2 was out ba- back back last year mm-hmm. even though Alejandro told me and warned me from the start that it was like hey yeah. buddy this is like, probably not coming because out it like,
0: sh- didn't even have a name <laughs> I, it was the sequel to Breath of
1: I, the Wild so. I did not need that kind of negativity in my life <laughs> and I got it anyway so that's where we're at uh, but yeah um, either y'all neither
0: y'all had that right yeah I forgot yeah. I completely forgot that I was that was they put a 2023 year for that so hey, I represented and I will what, say that a lot of people yeah. will be new armor core fans because it's a firm software game they yes. have earned. They have earned it. I remember like the reveal at the Game Awards. It was like from suffering. You hear all the screams. It's like they had that kind of clout. Mm-hmm. So, number eight uh, for me, it's Hogwarts Legacy. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I feel this game is like. I always say that when a licensed product is done right, like if it's given the time and care that they need. They can be like some of the coolest game settings that you can have. And I feel like the idea for uh, Howard's Legacy being like a Harry Potter RPG that's like very Witcher-esque, especially being given the time and care that he has, especially like it looks way better than I ever thought it would look like when they did that big uh, state of play deep dive. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I remember when we got Middle Earth, uh, Shadow of War and Shadow of i mm-hmm. and, and be like, this is cool seeing like this level of AAA like production for Lord of the Rings. And I wish something like Star Wars, like other than like the Jedi Fallen Order, like in you know, Triple AAA could get that kind of uh, that kind of TLC. So I feel like they, I, I feel like this game will get fairly maligned for obvious extraneous reasons in regards to its author. But I do believe that the team that's working on this is like doesn't share the same beliefs as that certain author and that they're putting their time, soul and care into this because especially for a licensed product. And I feel like um, I definitely want to see like, how that comes together because uh, I want those. I want those depths to feel rewarded, like especially if it turns out good and I like Harry Potter myself and I would just want a really good one since I like, chambered secrets back in like the P- PS2 game the days, which was basically a Zelda game. So, yeah, um, <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy number 8
1: I also have it uh, somewhere on my list as well. Awesome. And um, so I guess just like what you said, really, I don't, I don't have too much else besides the fact that we're finally getting that opportunity to see the dark side of the magic world that really was never touched on in any of the media. It was just like, hey, this is evil. Don't do that. <clears throat> and I always found it kind of strange that uh, the, the one spell that just kind of like peacefully ends somebody's life is not uh, an unforgivable curse. But then we have something that caused cuts on every person person's body and turn you into a horrifying creature is totally fine to do and cause on uh, other people. So I kind of like some representing of the the dark side of the magic and see what we're really going to do, get open world. Same thing with like Star Wars. We've been wanting an open world game for the Star Wars world for a long time. Harry Potter is like built for like a good here's magic. Go have fun in this world that was built. And just like you said, where all the people that are continuing to work on this thing um i feel i don't want to say outweighs the evil of the creator of the series but at least that i don't know i want to at least support the people that put work into this to try to make it into something that despite all the effort that the creator tried to put to ruin people's goodwill um they're still trying to kind of hold things together but yeah that's a it for me
0: Right. Uh, you have it in your list, Sebastian, or not? It,
2: it's an honorable list. mention. And that's, awesome. it's a shame because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. But, like, you know, I I think this game has either has to be a, like, basically what Batman Arkham, As, Arkham Asylum was to, mm-hmm. for that, the Batman universe and the Batman franchise. I think it has to be that to where it revolutionized, not, revolutionized what we think about Harry Potter games mm-hmm. or it's gonna be bad and i don't think there's an in-between there like i i think like they're the with that team that's working on it a team that hasn't done anything other than skylanders before in their career like and cars three and yeah cars Cars three game yeah so i'm like there, you know like i wish there was a little more i guess you could say um of a pedigree behind it but you know like i i'm liking what i see about it i'm i'm very much a team hufflepuff person myself so i'm gonna have to represent and play but I do have some trepidation about this game, and I hope that it's unfounded, and I hope I am proven to be wrong. But I don't know. It's like there's so many good things that I see about this game, but there's so many things that I'm like, "Ooh, I, why doesn't this game have quidditch? Like, why?" Yeah. I'm well, like, yeah, they,
0: they confirmed that recently, right? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm like, why doesn't this game have Quidditch? My like,
0: character is canon, not a jock, and
2: therefore not allowed to play Quidditch. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, it's just some of the little things that, that sort of feel like it's going to add up a little in the long run, but I hope that I'm proven completely wrong, and I hope that this game is absolutely amazing.
0: Let's hope. Here's, and here, it's so close. We're like, what, three weeks away? Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> so Pardon crazy. Say That's, that again? Three weeks away, in February 10th. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Oh. Anyway. consider the big game of every fall. <laughs> so, uh, Sebastian, what's your number seven?
2: Number seven. OK, so I am so curious to see if this is on any of your list, because once again, I'm going on the indie side of things. Mm-hmm. It is a little game called Lies of P. Li- honorable mention. Is that yep. your honorable mention? Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it was honorable mention for definitely me as well. Oh my goodness! I'm so looking forward to this game. It looks like Bloodborne, but in a Pinocchio like skin. Basically, the action looks very phonetic and fast paced. Um, the gothic uh, like environment and aesthetic looks right up my alley. I think that this this feels like it was uh, like a love child between Sekiro and Bloodborne in all the best of ways. And I hope that it just absolutely comes out and blows people away.
0: Yeah, just aesthetic alone is so striking. Mm-hmm. Like, just how ingenious the idea of, like, a Pinocchio horror game Mm -hmm. actually is like. And and, uh, and giving people the Bloodborne spiritual successor that they've been craving for. That Sony refuses to give us. Or even remaster. Poor Bloodborne is still stuck at 1080p 30. (laughs) Even though it's still perfectly playable. I replayed it this year. So... Yeah, that was honorable mention for me, and I'm like, the other games was just so more excited for me. But it, this year is so insane. We could do like a top twenty. I feel like, mm-hmm. and it would feel like legit. That's how many games we have here. So, Paul, you're number seven.
1: Uh, it was Hogwarts Legacy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and just to mention Lies of P as well. Like, I. I Bloodborne's still probably my favorite from software game overall. If not, Same. it's like you know back and forth between whatever Elden Ring was. But um, yeah, I I really normally don't like Pinocchio and his his whole mythology and stuff. So that last year with like four different Pinocchio movies, I was like <laughs> I sleep. But um, after seeing the gameplay of that, I've got a hair in my mouth. Anyway, I. <laughs> Probably my cats show up like yesterday. My cat got up off my lap and tail and slapped tail me right him in, in the mouth while I was midward. And mouth. I was like, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So uh somehow of P got me really interested in whatever that's going to be. But um yeah, the Hogwarts Legacy we already talked about. So I will defer now to Alejandro.
2: What you got?
0: Diablo 4. We're already oh. talking about <laughs> Diablo 4. <from> <laughs> yep, so, there we go.
2: Sebastian, you're number 6. It just moves faster six. each yeah. time
1: we go. Yeah, oh,
2: yeah. yeah. I, um... You know, I bet this one is on someone's list, and I would be curious on where it's at. You know, I have a lot of question marks about this game, but it is Starfield.
0: Ah, uh, yep. I have it also. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, so Starfield, Um. you know, like, I, I know that Todd Howard has a pedigree and everything like that that's a, a mile long, but, you know, I, I'm a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of person, and... True. Yeah, and I did not think that... like fallout 4 or fallout 76 was just massively impressive i Mm -hmm. feel like that engine looks old and dated i am so curious on what they can do with a modern day um take on that but what i saw in the trailers didn't necessarily wow me it kind of felt like more fallout 76 in space mixed Mm -hmm. in with no man's sky but that said i'm i'm yearning for this type of genre i i want to have space adventures i want another game that's kind of like going to be a mixture between mass effect and in elder scrolls so i want something like this and i want it to be good but i do have my reservations about this game i wasn't really blown away what we saw in the showcase in yeah. 2022
0: so i was a little bit more impressed with that uh than you were um uh, i feel my big thing with that is that uh, especially Fallout 76 been the latest fallout that wasn't the main bgs studio making it they kind of like gave support but there was like a sides team so it's like the last game that they actually did make was fallout 4. And obviously that was like the first time I was like, yeah, this was the first one of these games that it's like, it's really good, but it's not that impressive. But when I think about it, like, this is the next game from the creators of Skyrim. Skyrim is like big, and now it's they're giving us the space exploration game that we wanted out of No Man's Sky. And No Man's Sky kind of gave us that, but more superficial because it was like, uh, it, it was an RNG development that was like creating the world's like based on the algorithm that they created, this feels like something that's going to be more keyed in with actual author content, like the actual writing that we know from like Bethesda that I feel like if it actually nails it, this could be a goat. Like if they actually mm-hmm. nail like the things that they're trying to get, especially because it's so strange that we never get space exploration games. It's like it feels like that's the one genre that's just so elusive for us. And it's insane. And this one i was more excited for it last year than i am this year like it was my number three last year they tumbled a few a few spots in the list for in the list for me but i'm still relatively excited especially for the in the xbox side i'm like i've been rooting for xbox to just do better because i want them to feel like an actual game competitor to sony and nintendo because if they're not they're just going to keep resting on their laurels and i kind of like how Xbox has been like trying to like prodding Sony until like, I feel like they're backing, backing in a corner. And I feel this is the first time that they have a game that when you actually look at it, you're like, if you were only on PlayStation, you didn't have like a good PC to play it. You were jealous. I vividly remember Paul when he saw that he was like angry. They was like, I don't hate that I don't have an Xbox and now he has a Series S and I have it too. They convinced me to get one, at least just to be able to experience it in console. but. Yeah, I'm like, I was excited for it last year. The big delay made it worrisome a little bit, but we'll see. It's probably closer than it it, it can be. Is it in your list, Paul, or did it? Uh... It is actually my
1: number six. Very <laughs> good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I was saving my moment to jump in. Um, I, just like you, Alejandro, it feels like for console, our real big options are uh, Elite Dangerous or No mm-hmm. Man's Sky. For, like, that big uh, space exploration and neither of those squat- scratch the right itch for certain things um, because No Man's Sky is a much more chill kind of go off, do your thing, jump around, have fun. Illy Dangerous has like all of the more detail and the really cool mechanics and cool landing and taking off and then everything else is really frustrating unless you really put some time in. It's like, hey, cool, I just light speed jumped into the system. Let me sit for 20 real-time minutes while I get to where I need to go. Um, And it's I, I want like a little middle ground in between No Man's Sky and Elite Dangerous, and I feel like I've been I've been looking for it for so long. I thought like Outer Worlds was going to be something like that. And it just wasn't it for me. Way more, way smaller
0: scale.
1: Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. way smaller scale. I wanted to be able to fly the ships. And at least it looks like we're going to get that side of it. We get to customize said ships. We get to kind of dance around with that concept. And granted, I feel like I'm a little more lenient on fallout's dated mechanics somewhat just because it feels like a warm blanket sometimes but granted i feel like i wish they could have jumped up to a new engine kind of really branch things out kind of just put that little extra effort in there, but at the same time, I know what you're about to say, Alejandro. Um, at least I think I do. In that their engine, even though they're saying it's the same one, they've gone through so many iterations of it; it's mm. practically non-existent slash uh, totally different from what it was by the time of like Skyrim and Fallout. They
0: have Microsoft's money this time. That they do.
1: And that's the <laughs> other thing that they are being bankrolled by Daddy Microsoft, and uh, hopefully, that means that it's going to be efficiently used in certain places and it normally was going to be so much higher on my list but the fact that we have so many other freaking games coming out this year is just putting it all the way down to six for me so yeah that's it for
2: me all right I am, so, but, i'm curious because mm-hmm. like i i want your take on this just um do you think that they're giving you a whole lot of worlds to to jump into Like uh, yeah, they, they advertise what a thousand worlds hmm. that you can jump into all those worlds feel like they better have substance or they're just no man's sky, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I um, think
0: they're gonna be no man's sky based on because they do just they do they do procedurally generated stuff in the mm-hmm, open yeah. worlds usually, like Elder Scrolls did procedural generated um like dungeons, dungeons in yeah, Oblivion. Yeah. They did a little bit more handcrafted in Skyrim,
1: but they But d- even then it was like a lot of reused assets. Mm. Um I, at least to to point on that. It's like as long as they do say like mass effect where you have like four or five or six really decent planets where like the real focus is, then it's like, Hey, if you want, you can go out to one of the thousand planets and then just go have fun with it. Just go, Hey, there's dungeons on the, uh, the planet, go have fun with that. There's pirates. You can go figure that out, do a galactic conquest, battlefront two style, just get all of the stuff up, collect it up. make it under your little faction whatever it is but as long as like you have a core of like a few planets that are actually focused on i feel like it would be fine because let's face it when you look at a planet it's that's a lot of stuff you could do and if I could kind of get away with just a few of those and then the rest being LAN essentially. You
2: know, I, I to counterpoint though, I'm like yeah, yeah. this feels like a big make or break moment for Xbox. Like this feels oh, like yeah. they've hit miss after miss, and besides Forza, Halo wasn't that the king that was promised, so to speak. No, yeah. Like it so, fell off
0: the it fell off the chair basically after the, yeah. after a very strong beginning. It was like mm-hmm. ooh, no, you guys weren't ready for this one. No, was, no.
1: Yeah, uh, that was the king that was promised in, like, 1780s France where mm-hmm. they were
2: beheading all of them. So exactly. it just he's like, hey, I'm going to fix everything, guys. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he, so I what I'm alluding right. to, though, is, like, Starfield, even from what you're saying, though, like, from from people who want um that that mass effect kind of like where there's a whole lot of the things to do on a planet that mass effect effect of that i think six planets is going to feel like a disappointment for a lot of people like uh, if if the fraction is basically six out of a thousand i think mm-hmm. people are going to look at that like you you drop the ball quite a bit i feel like they have to swing especially considering the narrative around not just Starfield, not just like Microsoft buying Bethesda, but like the narrative around the lack of triple A-ness in, in, in the library of Xbox. They really have to hit home like this yeah. thing really needs to have content out the wazoo out, right out of the gate. And I feel like six doesn't feel like it would yeah, be enough.
0: It feels Starfield is like the the entire argument about how Microsoft acquiring all these studios and just Bethesda, but even what they're at, still ongoing with the stupid Activision, Activision. Uh, that, uh, that it feels like that them delaying when they did was them putting a, a stain and be like we could have because we put the date on this like mm-hmm. way before we could have stuck in it but we want this to be quality that we're willing to like take the hit and Microsoft could afford to take the hit because Game Pass basically carried them if you were willing to experiment like it was like they didn't have anything which it was an embarrassment for 2022 like that's just fact like they mm-hmm. didn't have anything other than Pentiment and grounded which one was early access game that got out of early access from like years before and then a tiny game that should complement your big stuff but that was like the big stuff from like default Mm -hmm. that it feels like now this is the moment where if we want to believe that even though they have like put all the big bucks and acquired all of this that they're going to be good stewards of what they're acquiring and I feel like Starfield especially being a big game that they took away from the market because that was initially announced as a multi-platform thing that then they were like no we're making this exclusive it's like now they have to prove that it going exclusive is going to be a net benefit to the game. And yeah. we haven't seen that yet. And they have to because I want them to succeed. When the three console makers are doing good, we all win. Mm-hmm. When one is languishing, then the other ones just get too complacent. So, so yeah. uh, my number six, it's not Starfield. It's uh, Final Fantasy 16. Hmm. Yeah. So Pretty low. OK. Yeah. So Final Fantasy 16, uh, I was actually a big fan of 15 compared to like how many people were like i really vibed with the boy band and and kind of like how they how they portrayed uh friendship in in a game that i haven't felt it has been recreated that way even as corny as as unfinished as it was but this one being made by naoki Yoshida, the guy that revived and has been like feeding final fantasy 14 into like one of the greatest final fantasy stories one that it's so big and massive that I don't think I can ever get there by just hearing like what he's done to that game now taking his chops into a console game that has had a proper budget, a proper development, it hasn't had been it didn't have Tetsuya Nomura starting the game and then having it be ripped away from him because it was taking too damn long to be <laughs> finished uh, to be finished by like I don't even remember the guy that <laughs> that finished uh, uh 15 but it wasn't Nomura and it being like a DMC style Final Fantasy game because they got the guy that 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 did uh, Devil May Cry 5 combat. And I love th- that kind of action combat and just the scale of the thing, like just that le- the last two trailers of Final Fantasy 16 are just insane. Like with the scale of the summons and how integral they are to the story and it being an M-rated Final Fantasy, like an official mainline M-rated Final Fantasy game that's not Stranger of Paradise. It's also interesting. Like, if it feels like they're priming us into being, into trying to tackle more serious subject matter. Even though other games have like, has some pretty gruesome parts, like the end of uh, Crisis Core, which fantastic game by the way, Sebastian. You should definitely play that one uh, if okay. you haven't. Yeah. And I want to see more. Like, the reason why this is at six is because I'm just more excited for what's up there. But that doesn't like diminish my excitement. Like, Final Fantasy 16, if it launches in June, that. It's just another feather of what's going to be a very feastful summer for me. So, number six for, for Final Fantasy 16.
1: Um, yeah, this is a uh obviously in my list as well somewhere and um just like to your point the fact that i mean uh sebastian little detail about me is that i'm one of the biggest dmc fans you might ever meet Um, i read the books i watched the anime that you could only buy on dvd for a while i found all of the weird obscure lore and um I loved the games. So the fact they got that dude into the combat of this. And as I watched the combat play out, uh, something changed within me. And (laughs) I realized that uh, I I was kind of burned by Final Fantasy 15. But at the same time, there's a part of me that still really both wanted to like it and did kind of like it. I mean, I I walked out of watching Kingsglave the movie and thought that that was a good movie because of how cool everything <laughs> was in it. And hey, I'm going to say it's better than Spirits Within any day. Right. <laughs> so uh, at least I'll get that out of it. But yeah, it's like I loved the world so much that I just wanted the game to line up with how cool that was. And I also loved the whole little boy band teleport 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 crazy amounts of weapons that i can just summon i still i would i had liked for like since 2006 the original versus 13 trailer when that was announced and i was like this was my thing i was in
0: sixth grade when that trailer launched
1: (laughs) i was in sixth grade that was a time wasn't it now that was like I'm 14 and this is the deepest thing I've ever seen and uh, watched all of the weird AMVs of edgy music blast into that trailer. Anyway, the whole point is uh, I I, this might be the opportunity for me to come back into that, even after being a little bit disappointed by the uh, way 15 kind of left me. I'm a little concerned about the M rated part because a lot of people really like to add content for content's sake rather than having it serve the purpose of the narrative Um, so I'm a little worried they're just going to be like uh, what was it that we saw they're like hey we're going to have hate crimes in our game Uh, like as if that's a great thing that we added like we've been held back by the fact that we haven't shown really terrible things happen to people and I was like oh gosh this is going to be a little weird and I'm sure the the extra content things are going to be awkward to play in a family room but anyway um overall i'm excited i'm a little hesitant but at the same time it just it seems like it's going to be a really cool adventure exploration all that stuff and combat so that's it for me
2: so Uh,
0: is it in your it's in your list sebastian
2: yeah it is yeah it is it's in my list um we'll be talking about it uh well we'll reveal where it's at pretty soon but i i i really liked um final fantasy 15 in parts i feel like a lot of it was lacking but i am excited about this because i like the setting a lot more like i think the the environments look uh like look baller i really like the godzilla like mega gigantic creatures that that you were able to just summon goes it so is. hard <laughs> yeah it, it just it looks like they just took like an anime inspiration you know matured it up a little bit and then cranked it up to like 13 and just said let's go with it and i'm like i'm, I'm right there for the ride so i'm excited for this one
0: absolutely um i'll just quickly say that my um my number f- my number five was starfield so you can so let's uh Let's flip it, Paul. What's your number five?
1: <laughs> uh, my number five is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Ooh. Okay, that's also yeah. in my list. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. So I figure we're gonna have some things to talk about with that. So I guess I'll lead the the, the charge with that yeah. one. Um, my relationship with Final Fantasy VII is a complex and interesting one, mm. <laughs> but needless to say, not having to go into my deep, uh, edgy backstory, is that. I really loved uh, what they did with um, Remake. I almost forgot the name of it. And then <clears throat> just on the back end of uh, Final Fantasy 7 uh, Crisis Core and the weird way that that game just ripped my heart out. And I said thank you and how much fun I had with it. I and the things that they changed in Remake. I feel obligated and required to find out what happens. And I feel like it's, it's both a draw and a detriment almost to the fact that I'm so invested in what happens in the story that I know that based on how they're going to go is really going to determine where this game lands for me. Because on one hand, it could be the coolest thing I've ever seen to take a game series that I really loved and specifically the game from that and really changing things up in such an interesting and unique way. But I also have a, a lot of uh, love poured into these characters and if things happen that i'm not really expecting or hoping for it may really mess me up so um and i'm not one of those people as much uh, despite what i just said where i love misery But at the same time, um, I think I need to be warned about. That's why I like Crisis Core so much, because you kind of know how that's going to end in the end. But this time it's like, hey, we know how it went last time, but we guarantee you don't know what's going to happen. And that makes me anxious. So that's kind of why it's a little lower on my list. But also there's just so many other great games. And I keep saying that for every one of these lists. But yeah, that's uh, that's what I have to say about. Rebirth.
0: That's, How about you? That's also is it in your list, Sebastian? Rebirth? No, surprisingly okay. not. So I, that's in my list, and it's actually very high in my list. Rebirth, and the reason why is that high is because of the emotional impact crisis. Court just recently did mm-hmm. a, a month ago, mm-hmm. where at the end at the the end of that game really stuck with me, and it made me appreciate the weight of the changes that are happening with uh, with remake that hinge a lot on. How big the ending of uh, of Crisis Core was, and how they're like really toying around with that, in potentially bringing back someone that whose death was like an entire catalyst for the entire story, and how they're gonna how they're gonna kind of weave that narrative, and coupled with how amazing Final Fantasy VII remake was as a project, and feeling like maybe they have a good handle on, how they're gonna really screw around with the story here, really makes me so. Anxious and so excited to see how it all plays out, and and I tell you, it's like this would have been lower had I not finished Crisis Core. Crisis Core like fundamentally changed something with me in regards to like the Final Fantasy universe that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> And Paul feels real, real prideful because this is a I, do, a random I called edgy. my
1: shot like a Edgy's. year and a <laughs> half ago where I said, hey, if you ever get the opportunity to play that game, do it. Because it was amazing because I got to play it on PSP before mm-hmm. uh, they remade it or remastered it, whatever it is. And uh, hearing his responses in real time as he finished the game through our uh, messenger was like. Yes. Yes. Feel the pain and the hurt like I did, but also it let it sit with you. And uh, yeah, so that that's I think that's almost why it went down in my list, almost just because of the fear of mm-hmm. the way they're going to write things, because I'm so invested in how it's going to play out. And I don't trust them to make uh, to have my best interest at heart, frankly. <laughs> Outside of that, though, I expect like the gameplay to just pop off. I expect the story to be amazing. And in any other day, maybe it would be a little higher. But uh, that's
0: where we're at with that. So Sebastian, you're number five and then you can see your number four. And we go back to the
2: flow. Yeah. Before we go to that, though, it's crazy how many games Square is putting out this year, right? True. Like absolutely mind boggling crazy how many games are putting out. <laughs> but yeah, my number uh, five on the list is flintlock the siege of dawn
0: crap oh yeah was that at a, a keely thing i think
2: yeah yeah no. i think it was um at that and i think it was also at the xbox um showcase from last year mm-hmm. where they announced um the 12 games coming out before you mm-hmm. know, the the games coming out before um the 12 months is over but yeah i um Flintlock looks really dope. You know, it's um, about a girl who basically is carrying around that big ax. It's made by the Ashen Studios, the same studio that did, um, yeah, like Ashen back in the day. And, Mm -hmm it looks really fun um it looks it, it sort of has a forespoken vibe with it kind of mixed in with a god i was of about
1: to say that it's mm-hmm. like a less cringy forespoken yeah i was like yes. <laughs> no,
0: yeah th- this was at uh opening night live i remember yeah
1: I, yeah I don't remember seeing this gameplay though this must have come out after i watched like the original trailer for it
2: mm-hmm. yeah uh, it because like this concept. is kind of tight honestly yeah it's looking dope it looks um it, you know it kind of has to me a little bit of devil may cry vibes mixed in with oh, for oh, yeah. very much and you throw in a little bit of og god of war in there because it kind of reminds me of that combat a little it's bit, like
1: so. uh it's a different aesthetic but it reminds me of Eva west Alejandro.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah i'm um, looking at the images too of that. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm like, this game to me has the potential, I, I kid you not, this has the potential to be Xbox's biggest game this year. And I know like, say Star Starfield doesn't blow the world on fire, but I hope it does, by the way, because I'm, I'm room for Xbox here. Mm, but true, like, true. Say, uh, say like Starfield doesn't set the world on fire. This to me seems like the game that's going to come out and really just be Xbox's like, oh, yeah. this, this is one of the best games to play on Xboxes. Yeah, year.
0: and sometimes the greatest excitement comes from the surprises. Mm-hmm. Like, especially Starfield has to do weight of expectation over it. So, mm-hmm. especially if Flintlock is really good, that could be like the nice swerve. That if, if mind you mind Starfield is good, and then that ends up being good. That's a really good year for them. Especially if Red Falls is good. Which yeah. is not on my list <laughs> so not just, on mine either just a honorable mention for me so uh your number four sebastian
2: back in the- um before i go into to that i just want to say that um flint walk is also coming to xbox game pass day and date so i'm like yeah so it'd be an easy easy <laughs> win easy. for all of us and hopefully that game is good the other one I, is another
0: what's up uh, no I, 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 did you finish? yeah
2: oh the another one is a another game that's kind of like I, I feel like it's, it's kind of going underneath the radar but it really surprised me when I saw gameplay for it it's Rise of the Ronin and that's the
0: that, that was at the state of play hmm the frontier front. uh is team ninja team, team ninja yeah
2: yeah the same pe- team that made neo and such but it was yeah. remember it was yeah. one of the two
0: exclusives paul that sony announced that it was a one was stellar like played the game one that of made their very three
2: feudal yeah. japanese games
1: mm-hmm. that i kind of got lost in that was the one with like the the like leonardo da vinci wings
2: and stuff yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. It's, it sort of has like vibes of almost like it, you know that that wing part kind of gave me the vibes of like Arkham but it sort of has vibes of Ghost of Tsushima and kind of like mixed in with a little bit of Sekiro and the fact that you kind of like get to also like mm-hmm. have a gun element to that gun like gameplay to where you could shoot like um that muskets at, at different times, it looks dope. It looks like a combination of um everything I liked about Ghost of Tsushima and then mm-hmm. all, it looks like it'll be a very quick, fast paced open world to really dive into. And that Japanese lore just signed me up for it. I'm always down for that.
0: Yeah. Is that your number four?
2: Yeah, that's my okay. number four. Not on anyone's list.
0: No, because it, it's it a
2: 2024 game. Oh, I thought it was 2023. My no, bad. It's 2024. <laughs> That's oh, OK. Why. Yeah. Uh, OK, my bad. Then. Uh, I'll. Oh, yeah. Sub- right at the you, end of you, the yeah.
1: trailer. Sure enough. For oh, like oh my bad. Second.
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll hey, sub that you out. Can, for Wulang, you can leave man. there. <laughs> hey, oh, Wulang. Wulang. there you go. Yeah. Also from, team, I'll sub team, up
0: yeah, also from
2: Teen Ninja. Mm. Yeah
0: wulong fallen dynasty
2: yeah. I'll, I'll sub that out for wulong fallen dynasty almost you know like very cool cu- very quickly same thing um that i liked about rise of the Ronin. and ninja delivers with that quick fast-paced gameplay this sort of looks like a kind of like a souls kind of version of that and
0: i i'm and more right rpg sekiro because sekiro mm-hmm. is not an rpg yeah i was like the big thing the big takeaway from the demo that they mm-hmm. released yeah That's the demo the was pass. fun too yeah. Yeah, and and woman's coming fun. to get to Game Pass early March, Paul. So you'll get to try it. <laughs> Ooh, there's so much to play, my gosh. <laughs> yep. It was your yep. number four, Paul.
1: <laughs> my number four is Tears of the Kingdom. There you go. Oh. Yeah. So I would say I was... thought that
0: was gonna be your number one.
1: It, so. Maybe if uh, it had come out when I wanted it to, <laughs> it would still <laughs> be sense. my number one. But yeah, it's uh, that as I've already talked about it, it's um it, it bumped down a few notches because of all the other stuff that's coming out. Anyway, uh, what you got,
0: Alejandro? So my number four is Marvel Spider-Man Two.
1: Eh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So
0: why it's number four? I only know it's coming fall twenty twenty three. I still I'm I have trauma of how many games have slipped. Like last year, just God of War Ragnarok alone. Like Paul knows. Like just like my my cousin talking Paul of me wanting to. Be excited, but not be excited because I had just have been so traumatized about how many times I had an exciting game just get delayed. I feel Insomniac can uh, can be ones that they say they're going to release it when it comes because none of their games have been delayed this generation. But uh, I want to have like at least a peace of mind that I see when they put the stamp of approval. I like, know oh, this is coming in September, like the last one. Then that's when like my excitement can like even climb up. but. This is my most anticipated uh, PS5 exclusive from like Sony right now, especially now that we're we're past God of War, because like replaying remastered when I got, uh especially replaying 2018 when I played remastered on PS5, when I got my PS5 uh, two years ago was just such a reminder that that's just the peak of the superhero games, like such an emotional story, such a great representation of the character and its villains and its worlds. And Complementing it with Miles Morales, which to me even improved on things from that original game is like I feel like Insomniac right now is like the peak uh, when it comes to like PlayStation first party studios like they Insomniac is like their big MVP. They're, they're they're giving them the games that are like universally beloved, like without without much uh without much scorn, it feels like, especially like compared to like Naughty Dog, which Insomniac and Naughty Dog used to be like very similar in like style sometimes right now, right now Naughty Dog, I love them, but People don't feel as strong about them like they used to in regards, especially after their latest sequel to their big game. They that has their TV show this Sunday, when we're just to reveal when we're recording this. Oh, <laughs> recording really early, <laughs> we're recording really early. But yeah, in Sonic right now, I feel like they are the MVPs of the PS5 generation when it comes to uh, Sony exclusives, and I'm really excited for this game. More excited to see how they do Venom, how how they do Kraven the Hunter, how they're gonna, like, handle both Peter and Miles together. Can you choose one? Is the story gonna, like, let you, like, switch back and forth? Like, many sequels, like God of War Ragnarok, that switch you back and forth between Kratos and Atreus. Spoilers. Like, I want to see that. And the fact is that it's PS5 only. I've been like harping, Paul knows this, that yep. I've been harping the cross-gen that I've, I'm like, I just want the full-on next-gen, just kind of like remove any like question marks of like, this is like super beautiful, but it has a PS4 version. So in some point, maybe something's like holding it back. But I, but the fact that it's just going to be full, a full-on next-gen exclusive, can't wait. Spider-Man's awesome. So number four most anticipated. It could be number one if I knew a date. Let's just put it that way. I like my solid release it. <laughs>
2: Sebastian, is Spider-Man 2 in your uh, top 10? as Stone Cold Steve Austin would say, a hell yeah. <laughs> 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 Why
1: don't you go ahead and say your piece on all that? Cause I have a feeling it's going to be pretty
2: high like me. Oh my goodness. What can I say about Spider-Man too? I am so looking forward to this game. The fact that you get to play as Peter and Mouse, the fact that, uh, you know, like I would love it if they did like GTA five to where you basically got to like switch at a moment's notice. And like the, the camera pans down and you, and Mouse is just eating a taco or anything I just got in Harlem. Just think, you just think yeah, I'd i would love to see them do that to where you can kind of switch at any given moment but like uh, the fact that you get to play us too the fact that there's so many good like representations of like mouse's culture and all that kind of stuff mixed in with what we know and love from uh peter parker and the fact that spider like the original peter parker game um spider-man and ps4 like told that such a good hard-hitting story and then miles followed up with a smaller but still just as good story like i love everything about that world that swinging feels therapeutic in this game like I can legitimately just swing from one side of the map to the other and it just it it just feels like a chill time for me The fact that the the villains that we encounter in this game, I have a feeling they're just going to go like crazy with some of the villains that we're going to encounter and some of them that we probably haven't seen both in the DLC of Spider-Man and in Miles Morales. I have a feeling they're going to use some villains. We haven't even thought of yet. Like Aqua, like maybe like we'll see. We'll fight Hydra Man, maybe. And maybe they
0: put Morbius. Morbius oh. Sandman
2: oh my goodness what if we get
1: Craven's last taunt out of this oh my that's, goodness that'd be that's so that's Black good. Suit Spider-Man era right mm. there um and that's obviously what we're trying to do out of this so oh man I I'm just so excited for all the stuff with this because yeah uh, Sebastian did you have more
2: to share actually I, my last thing I was gonna say is like yeah. I have such a strong feeling that we're gonna get Gwen Stacy at the end of at the end of this game to where not necessarily playable, but that's gonna be the the next Miles Morales chapter into the the Spider Man universe. It's
0: like like it could be like a Spider burst kind of like wink. And exactly. Nod, yeah. mm-hmm. Oh man! And also shout out to Tony Todd, he's gonna be the <gasps> voice of Venom, Candyman. Man. Yeah, Candyman, and the voice of Zoom in the in the Flash TV show when it was mm-hmm. really good the voice of Zoom, like, ah, he's going to be such a good Venom. Want to add something, Paul? Because I know you love (laughs) Spider-Man.
1: That I do, because, yes, this is on my list. Um, Oh, man. So I, I'm a guy that loves Spider-Man web of shadows from the PS three, 360 era. where, <laughs> Oh gosh, I used to think it was so cool that he could like switch between the black suit and the red suit at, just at will. And Great it completely that. changed his combo set. And you could just, you could add combos from one switch to the other, do those combos. And it was just so cool. Uh, not to mention how you were just such an edge Lord, no matter what happened. And, um, The fact that we're getting Black Suit Spider-Man again is just going to be great. Venom is one of my all-time favorite Spider-Man villains slash rivals, whatever you want to call them, based on the era of comics you started in. And um, I'm so excited about all this. The fact that Miles Morales is along for the ride is like both in like peer and apprentice almost as he's learning under Peter, who's more experienced because we get too much like rebooted young Peter. Like this is how I love it. Where Peter's now older, he's grown. He gets MJ back and now he gets to help miles through this process. We get that back and forth, just like y'all said, with like integrating the two of them. I really hope we get something like that. If not like, you pick one and the other it's almost like an assist like in a fighting game where you kind of get them in for combo attacks or something um Whatever they do, I'm all here for it. And Spider-Man uh, 2018 is still one of the few games that I can just turn on, swing around while I'm like on phone calls, business calls, whatever it it's is. It's therapeutic, like it's, just said. It's therapeutic. You could walk in and out of combat without an issue, and just utilizing every part of the arsenal that you're given. The amazing customization for those suits. Oh my goodness! Like I'm, I'm a sucker where every five minutes I'm changing my suit to something else that fits the environment a little better. And I, I eat that up. So the fact that we're going to get more of that probably just yes, indeed, that's a victory in my book. And I'm just ready for whatever they've got.
0: And as right, so of right now, as of fall 2023, right now that we know so much of what's coming in the first six months, that's one of the few we know that's like later on. Right. And again, just temp- I'm personally tempering. Just I've been burned before. <laughs> and I, I just want to have this, this this special security of seeing the tweet. We've gone gold. That's always so exciting to see like, yeah, it's coming. So I want this to be a big fall game. So Uh, what's your number three, Sebastian?
2: My number three is Final Fantasy 16.
0: Nice. there you go.
2: Yeah, we spoke about it earlier, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. It looks very fun and I hope it lives up to the hype.
0: All right, Paul, you.
1: My number three is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Oh, okay. um, because I actually I didn't get to tell you, Alejandro. I went back to Jedi Fallen Order um, mm-hmm. for the next gen version. I never actually finished it, so uh, I went back, was enjoying that on the big screen. And same, just same, same with me. Thinking about the possibilities of everything that we already know now, based on gameplay trailers. And the fact that Cal is clearly really upping his game uh, for whatever is going to be available in gameplay between the double bladed lightsaber, the two lightsabers he got, the gun he's got strapped to his hip that we haven't seen yet. And all of the other cool force abilities that he's just breaking out left and right. This dude is becoming the true MVP of Jedi out here. Um, I love the concept behind it where all of the rest, I've told you Alejandro this, where uh, modern Star Wars lately during the Empire rule has been, oh, we can't use our force powers. We've lost our force powers because we can't really use it. We can't break out our lightsaber, so we have to use other weapons. And Cal's just like, what? Like it's hard with a blaster and a lightsaber just busting up, trying to make as much pain for the Empire as possible without trying to hide it in the slightest. And I was like, there's... That is gutsy and I appreciate it, um, especially with a game that entirely centers around you having action packed adventures fighting off the Empire. It's like, all right, let's lighten up this tone, but also get some really crazy stuff going on, maybe. And uh, I'm all here for it. I love the characters. I love the updated uh, visuals, love the updated graphics, I mean, graphic uh, gameplay, and just
0: everything going on with that game. Uh, I am. I'm set. I'm ready. I'm just yeah. so excited. I freaking love Jedi Fallen Order so much back in 2019, especially like how much it reminded me of God of War 2018 in so many areas, which makes sense. Steve Asmussen, who used to work at Santa Monica, made that game um, and seeing that sequel at the Game Awards, like how much they're expanding it and how close it is. It's like literally two months away before we can like experience that game. And I just can't wait, like This is very high, very, very, very high in my list. Not gonna say where, but I think you can infer where. (laughs) At this point, I I think so. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can tell, you can tell now. Like you were making the math. I'm actually surprised, but I don't know what your number one is now.
1: Um, it's.
0: I can wait. Honestly,
1: yeah, you can wait.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can wait to hear.
1: Yeah, have we? uh, Let's see. Where are we at right now? Yeah, we're at.
0: Yeah, we're at uh, three. So. Uh, Sebastian was three. My, th- my number three is Resident Evil 4 Remake. Mm. All right. Uh, again, another one that, yeah. One that's, that's an, that's an so honorable close. mention for me. Really? Just honorable mention?
1: It is on, wow. Somehow, look at all of the uh-huh. other stuff that's been going on. And I just, I could not find a spot for it to fit, unfortunately, uh, with everything else going on. But go ahead and say
0: your God, piece. God, Resident Evil 4 is the best Resident Evil. Even right now, even with its date, and this is like, that's a game that I replay every year. No matter what. I absolutely adore its cheesiness. I absolutely love its vibe. Um, everything that they've been doing with the remakes with re2 and re3 is like Capcom is just like upping the ante when it comes to like remaking these games and how good RE7 and RE8 have been. That it's been a while since they had missed when it comes to Resident Evil. The last time they missed was six, if we're perfectly honest, like mainline wise, and Everyone was fearful that they were going to change a little too much with RE4, but the big showcase they showed, like back in like October, to show that they are bringing the visual splendor but also maintaining the over-the-topness. I mean, you can parry a chainsaw with your handgun, like come on, that, that that's like that's insane, and I just can't wait. It's also an, another game that's like so close. So Resident Evil 4, my number three
1: for 2023. Uh, Sebastian, do you have that one anywhere?
2: not at all what about you
1: uh well yeah it's honorable uh, honorable mention for me just because like uh i'm excited for it it just like you said it's probably still my favorite uh just perfectly blending that weird mix of campy and actually like oh my goodness this is freaking crazy uh that weird set of paranoia and dread that i felt as leon when i first walked into the village and saw the dude try to rush after me and then the whole group of the village just slowly turned to hunt me down uh barely I mean, honestly I feel like it peaked during that first moment of the village for me where they were like, the chainsaw dude bust out i'm like throwing things in front of the doors to not get cut in half um and even though everything else was great in that game it was like that, that opening moment was so strong and so i'm super ready to go back and replay it and it's going to be one of the games that i play for sure and who knows maybe it'll be in my top 10
0: yeah.
1: um but, but just based on the rest the of the list it makes gosh. sense why you want to yeah. put it
0: down there i'm just so excited i love person evil so. absolutely
2: uh who's number, next
0: number two sebastian we're getting close Jedi
2: Fall, Jedi Survivor is me. Okay, okay. Like respawn. I I loved everything about um. I loved everything about Fallen Order. I really want to see where the game takes off after the big like the big cameo at the end of you know Jedi Fallen Order. I really um, want to see what happens
0: next. It's one of the greatest endings to a game ever. Oh my goodness! The, so the appearance of Darth Vader. It was like it. It seems so obvious. But it's like, it was done so well in that game. Oh, the Just breathing,
2: like, uh, man. The breathing. Wow. Oh, it's and, so good. and
0: putting Anakin's betrayal music from mm-hmm. episode three.
1: Big yeah, props it. to the fact that Cal can't even touch him. Mm-hmm. And like you know, some people would really try to be like, "Oh, there's a big final battle. It's going to be neck and neck." It's like, no, this is not a fight. You Mm-mm. need to run.
2: Yes, exactly. Get your ass out. <laughs> um, I, I love that. And then like the fact that we have like a mount in in Jedi Survivor, I really it makes me think that they're going like bigger with the worlds and bigger with the environments that that we can explore. So I'm looking forward to Jedi um, Jedi Survivor. There.
0: There you go. Nice number two. What's your number two, Paul? My number two is Spider-Man Two. There
1: you go. Oh, oh it's it, it was up there. I remember how much I loved 2018, and this is no exception. And I am I'm fully ready. And what whatever they have. um uh, yeah. What about you, Elandro?
0: I blame you for this, Paul. Final Fantasy Rebirth is my number two. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was like that. I tell you, it's like this wouldn't be here with, without a. How much, like I mentioned, Crisis Core really reshaped my love for this sub-series. It's just yes. it's not, that ending was so good and seeing what they're going to do. Like, I can't wait. And let me guess, Sebastian, your number one is Spider-Man.
2: Yeah, yeah. Before, <laughs> before though, Paul goes, I, I sort of want to just guess what his is. Yeah, I'm like,
0: trying to think because I'm like... Mm-hmm.
2: Y'all want me to my... at least give you, like, the tiniest hint. No, 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 no. All right, I, I, right. Let me throw out one guess. Um, Is it... Heal the Justice League.
1: It is not. Oh,
2: no, okay. he hates
0: the Justice Suicide Squad. <laughs> I
1: I'm not a
2: huge Suicide Squad fan, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, I will say we've talked about it.
0: Hmm. It's not... I'm trying to look at my lists and be like. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, Final Fantasy 16 there it is there. yeah
1: i <laughs> uh, it's it really i had a full 180 um you can ask Alejandro this when they were we were watching like the first trailer or two state of play on june i was yeah. not uh on board in the slightest because I, you
0: watched it at 480p resolution I, okay it was like, oh i had a busy <laughs> life all
1: right i had to catch That's it when why. i could i saw it on my phone or at least it was like a Dummy we were like uh, resolution. To it. We were yeah, that's what to it was. It, yeah. And it, like, for whatever reason, didn't upgrade my resolution. So I was like, this looks like crap. What's going on here? But it wasn't like obvious enough that usually it's like 480p. I'm like, oh, it's the resolution is an issue. I just, it looked like it was like, just something doesn't look right about this but also the ui still wasn't updated and that looked really jarring and terrible uh the second was that i wasn't a huge fan of normally focusing on the summons because the summons always felt like a kind of tertiary background thing however i've since understood that the recontextualization of all of this to be like it's not just about the summons it's about each of these people is like an avatar for each summon and they can summon that and like be possessed by the spirit and then they fight each other and they explore the world Now we is like okay this is a lot different than what i expected and then on top of everything else that we've seen about this game even with my uh my fears about certain aspects of it um somehow that game currently is my most anticipated game for next year and i'm very glad i don't have to wait the entirety of the year to at least experience it feels it. so
0: nice right like, oh, have, have like so, so much solid release dates sometimes,
1: solid release dates, and the fact that I don't have to wait till like November or December to play it because that's always the case with this kind of situation. I'll say this
0: if for some reason it gets delayed, let's hope not, yeah, it could be pushed there because as uh, said, they yeah. want to get this out because they got reverse waiting in winter,
1: right? And so. they can't really afford to wait that long, so I would expect them to release it and then just patch things that weren't working. But overall, yeah, that's um. That is my number one for sure. Uh, but let's uh, who else hasn't se- said it? Yeah, you haven't said it. And Sebastian, you haven't said you're not. He, he, no, he, he said no, it's Spider-Man. Oh, that's what it was. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yes. right. OK, Alejandro, let's hear it. Star Wars. Come on, mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> yeah, Jedi,
0: Jedi there was Survivor. a point that
1: Star Wars almost did for me. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered Spider-Man Two existed, and I went, uh, oh, I, I, mm-hmm. I got to put it down. Dude, but I fantasy, time, Spider-Man
0: and Star Wars as one, two and three. I mean, come on, like that's a that is a triple whammy that's a geek-tastic year that's a
1: jab cross and an uppercut right into my wallet i tell you because oh i i had money i was going to have money and now i don't think i'm going to have any of that anymore because of everything (laughs) coming out yeah that's Uh. the thing
0: Is just looking at this this is going to be the year of the geek like Mm -hmm. just like the intersection like the intersection of different like mediums getting like Entries in like video games and all that. And looking at this, I'm like, and those being like so exciting, that's like so cool to me. They're just like feeling that. And God, let's hope a lot of these stick. Let's just hope that we're, we're we're way past pandemic time. It feels like I feel this last fall has given me slightly more confidence that many games that were put in release dates, they actually hit them. That I feel like now we're it, it's easier to get a little bit more invested at in the fact that those games are actually coming out. That. Man, this is going to be like an insane year. This could be the next 2017, 2018 for me. Like just overall, just excitement that Mm -hmm. I wanted from last year that in quality was there. It's just not in the cadence. This feels it's going to have the quality and the cadence if everything hits. So...
2: (laughs) And for the most part that's just the triple a side of things think yeah, about it, like all the major indies that we're gonna have yeah, this year. yeah
0: i'm so thankful you brought in like so many indies in because paul and i usually tend to like ignore them like until mm-hmm. like they're out because sometimes we see them in showcases and then we forget about them until like they come out so oh
1: man it's like, hard to keep track of a lot of them because uh i i went through a kind of stretch last year and the year before with uh my love of indies and then it was it's kind of disappointed and hurt by a lot of them because
0: you brought so many like sight unseen. My
1: my uh, one of my all time uh, excited ones was uh, Little Devil Inside, which uh, still, as of right now, is completely MIA <laughs> yeah. from everything. I so, forgot. yeah, um, I've I've been hurt by a lot of that, but also like the marketing kind of works against it so many times because you see it really well showcased at like a game awards or whatever it is. And then at the same time, then that's the last you hear of it. And then you hear of it and it's been out for like a year and you're like, oh, shoot, that game came out. Uh, I guess I'll get to that eventually. And then I never do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's that's part of my failure. But also it's just the the gap in budget makes me forget games exist. That's why I love
0: Game Pass. I feel indies are like really getting good spotlights over there just as part of like a subscription that i hope uh, sony started slowly getting there especially when they put stray there but xbox has been really doing that like really highlighting when a big indie goes, goes to game pass like chained echoes late last year
2: really was, good by the way really yeah, good
0: it. that the one that we saw paul that looked like a chrono trigger like in the last episode then yeah we yeah, yeah. That. it wasn't game pass it's still there so mm-hmm really I'm, good I'm
1: waiting i am waiting to to get it because i heard good things since then uh one of which is that i think you get like healed and all your mp back after each fight mm-hmm. so you can like just go off every fight for the fun of it not the thing work. you have
0: my game pass you yes. you kind of have to
2: go you kind of have to go off every fight oh so it's that kind of game yeah without uh, that it, life it'll punch you in the gut if you don't but like it, it like it's a really good game um i gotta ask you though like what is y'all's way too early game of the year prediction?
0: Ooh, Let me I take a look at my list again. <laughs> so here's the thing: like, <laughs> I feel just knowing the press that boasts on this, mm-hmm. I feel you know Tears Tear- of the Kingdom is yeah. gonna get it.
1: It's gonna and, be up there, yeah. But something else is gonna need to really get. Like, if Starfield hits. Mm-hmm. And really hits. It's Mm going to be up there. That's going to be one. Tears of the Kingdom is going to be the next one. I think Spider-Man Two might be the third for that big three-way fight.
0: Spider-Man 2018 wasn't the nominees in 2018. Mm -hmm. It's just like it came out the same year as Red Dead and God of War, so the awards got consolidated between those two. So I feel Spider-Man could get something, especially if he manages to hit even harder and not having as many obvious like Game of the Year like contenders on top of it. Because it's very easy when people see, like, ah, that's just Spider-Man. And completely, like, ignoring just what an amazing job Insomniac did. I sometimes hate that. I hate the shorthand people give to license stuff without, like, especially when some license stuff are, like, so cool and so well done.
2: So. and it's coming out in the fall because like that it'll have that recency kind of feel to it to mm-hmm. where like That's you know like. starfield and tears of the kingdom will be out probably like a good six months yeah. six months previous to that Sweet. i do think yeah tears of the kingdom is probably a favorite but i if they really do the gta like five version of, of spider-man where you can kind of mm-hmm. like pick at any given moment it's it's anyone's game at that point
0: oh yes i feel also jedi survivor will get it to do this time because remember mm-hmm. like um uh, fallen order came out after the cutoff that year, mm-hmm. and then when they when we came out when we circled around, everyone forgot it, and that was so sad because that was my favorite game that year. So, but I did like that Stranding also. But Sekiro wanted that year, and I was like, Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no thanks. Stupid flaming bowl that I can take. <laughs> right now I'm playing. Like I was playing Sekiro because I did a new game plus run of Elden Ring, and then I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go back to Sekiro because I want to. Try to beat all the Souls games. I only have like three left. <laughs> so, uh, um, Real quick, like just read them quick. If you have your honorable mentions with you, just to kind of like without having to dwell on it, what were yours? So yeah. uh, I can read mine real quick. Um, yeah, go for it. In honorable mentions, I had Dead Space. I had yep. Forspoken. I had Lies of P. Assassin's Creed Mirage. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Street Fighter 6. Redfall. Wolong. Atomic Heart. And Alan Wake too. So what were yours, Paul?
1: Uh, mine were uh, Meet Your Maker, Suicide Squad just almost throwing it in there, Life of P, One Piece Odyssey, Atomic Heart, Resident Evil 4, Mega Man Battle Network Crap, and that Dead was Space. This year. <laughs> yep. And you're um, Sebastian?
2: I, you know, I'm going to keep it pretty simple. I am going to Octopath 2, I'm Bang. going, yeah, Fire Emblem and right, I think, right. yeah, and I think my last one is Hogwart's Legacy because I am a Harry Potter stan, so. There we'll go. see how those go.
0: Yes. It I'm really excited for 2023 just looking at it, it. it feels cool to feel excited about games, I think the fall, this last fall especially December really like kept a good momentum mm-hmm. for like releases instead of like Johnny Gaps. So man, it's going to be good. So Paul, uh, I put it in our document. Read the releases for the week of January 22 to January 28, 2023.
1: Right, it's pretty small small. one this this time. So uh, we got Forspoken for PlayStation Five and PC on January twenty fourth. Risen. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch on January 24th. Hitman World of Assassination, the re-release of Hitman 3 on the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch PC on January 26th. And then lastly, Dead Space Remake, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S and PC for January 27th.
0: Insane week. And that's January. Just it's, That's a preview of what's yep. to
1: come. <laughs> and already that's three games that are very widely loved at least um and I have no idea and what one I'm reviewing <laughs> and one of which you're reviewing and you kind of jumped the gun on that one my guy
0: yeah so Sebastian remember I told, I texted you about Mhm. I hated that demo so much oh <laughs> and, I co- yeah. and I committed to review the game I'm like oh god oh, no man. but I'll say this I hate it more because that demo was had a broken HDR it was like a mm-hmm. washed out mess I was like I can't really say that and the dialogue seemed really annoying. But then I read some of the previews of people that really play like a good chunk of mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, that sounds a little bit more interesting. But initially I was like, oh man, I was like, so excited to like, because I told the season gaming guys I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm definitely jumping the gun on that one. And then I'm like, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, it <laughs> so. it is one of those to where like, I, I will say like in the motion blur on there kind of like detracts a lot for me, like. Looking at everything, it's it's almost like a dizzying feeling. Feeling in the demo, at least mm. not comparing to the, the the actual product itself, but like the demo is a little bit rough. I I also think like context is key because like the demo sort of throws you in and mm-hmm. what feels like to be like the first. I would say like after the first like probably Three, six hours. hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I feel like after that, you kind of need that context to really get involved into the world.
0: That's why I love the Valkyrie Elysium demo mm-hmm. from like. Uh- That's that's a good done Mm -hmm. because that's the one that actually got me and Paul to buy it because just getting that demo and also the carrot of, hey, you can carry your progress forward. Mm -hmm. I like when they do that. Uh, Stranger Paradise was another one that we did that because it had that demo progress. And to Paul's chagrin because... He really was not excited for that one, and I convinced him. And then I had,
1: had a, I, to admit that I enjoyed myself during the demo, and then we had to buy it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I never told you that story, I think, Sebastian, that Paul, like, the first trailer for Year of Paradise from, like, 2021, he yes. absolutely hated it. The one that said chaos, like, 10 million times.
1: Oh, wow. And I like, didn't, like, hate it. It was, like, uh, I think my exact words were uh, 14-year-old me would have loved this, but, looking but like, the- looking at this now, I just... <laughs> Hate I, I hate about this. It. <laughs> it was just like, but I didn't really hate it. It was just like, it didn't feel like there was any substance to it outside of like, this is edgy boy wearing American Eagle clothes. And that that was really it. But then since then, we saw a lot more that really showed uh limbiscuit. the best of it. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> <limbiscuit>, <laughs> the Biscuit clip changed everything because the memery, <laughs> that That's what really hit me.
0: Yeah, it's the Shrek two of Final Fantasy. We said it in the (laughs) stream one time. Yeah. So, So, Sebastian, that basically concludes this week's episode. Tell us, where can people find you?
2: ladies and gentlemen everyone thank you first of all i want to thank y'all for having me on the show it was really fun talking to y'all and really just talking about the most anticipated games of 2023 thank y'all so much love to be back anytime anytime y'all would have me but people can find me at the single player experience podcast we talk about all everything there is about single player games and we let you know what single player games you should and shouldn't have in your video game backlog recently we've had an interview with a couple of people from playstation um you know we had one from a senior animator from playstation we have another senior animator um of a different playstation studio i won't spoil who coming up on the show um so intriguing me now (laughs) yeah so um we had a couple of those on the show we we also have a couple of indie dev spotlights on the show where we deep dive into their games and they basically convince people whether or not they should actually dive in and play and then we do a couple of pro nerd trivia questions at the end so definitely check out the single player experience if you want the ins and outs of all things single player games
0: yeah and my guest spot episode uh it's live right yeah
2: it yeah, is so. it is and yeah, i'll be
0: linking it in the episode that goes live this week when we're recording we recorded this week early because of ske- scheduling conflicts but this basically uh, this episode is gonna go live for you uh sebastian the week of when we were originally going to record <laughs> so mm-hmm. no, no waits there and um, yeah you, uh, where can people find you Paul?
1: As always y'all can find me at Dork of Art on Twitter where I post me breaking video games and drawing cool stuff uh, Alejandro where can they find you?
0: They can find me at A underscore on Twitter at A Segobi on Hive at Alejandro Segobi 93 on Instagram whenever we stream at twitch.tv slash the Slayer Giant and my written content at both my personal blog, thecriticalcorner.com, and whenever I review something for seasongaming.com. So, Sebastian, you're always welcome in the show. It's a joy having you here. Whenever you want to have us guest over at yours, just
2: oh yeah, hit, for sure. hit the
0: bat signal in the sky, <laughs> and, and we'll be there.
1: So, but <laughs> sure, had sure. a lot of fun, man. That was great.
0: Yes, I'm I'm glad that you get you got to meet Paul now because whenever I, I I met you, I was like, I love podcasting with you. I love your vibe so much. So.
2: Thank and, you, and, thank you. And
0: we want to also thank anyone who's going to tune in or watch this episode. And we're excited for anyone to follow us in the ride for. Was looking like a very scary looking, exciting twenty twenty three. Until then, people, stay healthy, stay safe, and remember. Press X to play. Please. Good night, everybody. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs>